Welcome to No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast. I'm your host and executive director of No Heart Left Behind, Alicia Stickles. If we're honest, family life can be hard. Family can be our greatest blessing, but also the source of our deepest wounds. At No Heart Left Behind, we have a passion to empower families to thrive with the Word of God and the love of Christ. So each week, we're going to have real conversations about hard issues facing families today. It is our hope that you would be equipped with practical tools based on biblical principles for when life happens and relationships get messy. In other words, how do we flesh out all those Bible verses we know when life isn't looking like we had hoped? If you're in a season of family life that feels hopeless or you have a heart to navigate the challenges of family well, but just don't know how, you're in the right spot. So whether you are driving in your car or checking off one of your honeydews, pop in those earbuds and come find hope in the heart of family life with us. Welcome friends to another episode of No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life. My name is Alicia. I am your host and I am here with a long time friend um, who is now on board with us at No Heart Left Behind, uh, Whitney French. She is a PLPC, and I will let her explain what that means uh, as we get to know her. But I am just so excited to talk to her today because she is one of those unicorns that loves marriage counseling. (laughs) So Whitney, thank you so much for being here today. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for asking me. Yeah. So Our topic today, we are going to, obviously, No Heart Left Behind is a ministry that is for families. And, you know, that that primary relationship, you know, outside of the individuals being connected to the Lord is the marriage relationship. And, you know, I mean, marriage is hard. (laughs) And so, um, you know, to have someone like you on staff that thrives in an environment to work with couples who are coming in and they're not getting along <laughs> is kind of a gifting. So where does your heart for um, couples come from? Well, actually, let's start with, tell us a little bit about yourself first, and then we'll hear more about your heart for marriage counseling. Well, Thanks, Alicia. First of all, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus Christ and the, that he's the son of the living God. Um, and um, second of all, I am a couple. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's my my second most precious relationship in life um, here. And um, I'm the mom of four sons. So yay for moms of sons. <laughs> yes. Boy, being a boy mom is boy hard. Moms, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's um, having come through being in relationship myself um, with my own husband um, and just watching marriages. I I feel like um, our culture is is um, works to demean marriage and to devalue marriage. Um, And I feel like the enemy is part of that. So when we don't recognize what the attack is, then we can't fight it, right? Right, absolutely. So um, tell us a little bit about your background. So you're married. Do you have, how many how many kids do you have? I have four sons. They range in age from um, almost 40 to um, almost 30. Uh, our first son, we're a blended family. Okay. My husband had a son 
from a previous marriage. I was a single mom, and I had to have my own son from that from a previous relationship. Um, we met uh, at Gills Bar. We used to work at Gills Bar. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> we met there, um, worked together, immediately just um, fell in love, and. Really, within a month, we were married. Wow, like a literal <laughs> like, month. Don't follow that advice. Right? <laughs> we are not saying that you should get married after a month of dating. Right. But, hey, how many years no. have you been married now? Um, well, we just celebrated our 32nd anniversary. Wow. Uh, Happy yeah. anniversary. Oh, that's right. You went on, like, a trip. We and... did. We, we go on a trip every anniversary. Oh, very nice. I mean, that would, yeah, I it's, would love that. It's a priority. Yeah. So how did you get into counseling? Like, what? tell us about that experience and what kind of led you to to be a counselor? Well, I didn't choose to do it myself. Mm -hmm. I was um, at a retreat, um, and God really called me into counseling. Um, And and I could actually say that I heard an audible voice say, Whitney, go into counseling. Wow. I I want you to do this. And I argued with him because I didn't, that wasn't my plan. I hadn't, I had another plan and it was not that. Very smart arguing with God. (laughs) It doesn't always work. No, it does not work out very well. So, um, I proceeded to argue with him for about three or four months. I didn't even talk to Doug, my husband, um, because I felt like if I kept it a secret between me and God, (laughs) I didn't really have to do it. (laughs) But, um. Finally, I, the Holy Spirit prompted me to talk to Doug about it. And the minute I said, I th- the, the Lord told me to do this, he said, I can't think of anything better for you to be doing. Wow. So that's what, I, that's what got me here. Okay. And so you have a master's degree from Letourneau University, right? Right. Longview, Texas. Mm-hmm. Go Yellow Jackets. <laughs> <laughs> and you are graduated and... Um, under supervision. So, yeah, explain the letters because, you know, I think people get confused. We could start there. Um, You know, you have LSWs and PLPCs and LMFP, QRSP, you know. So talk a little bit about that. It's a a hodgepodge of alphabet soup. Right. Uh-huh. So um, PLPCs, when I, when I, so I go to school and I learn how to be a counselor, Mm -hmm. but um, and I do my internship while I'm in school, which I did my internship at Restoration Counseling across the lake in New Orleans. And um, you spend about a year. I took two years because I'm 62. Yes. And I'm a little bit Props older. to you. <laughs> so um, I took a little bit more time. Um, and there was a lot of grace for that, to be able to do that in this profession. Um and then as, um, <clears throat> as, after I graduate, after all of us graduate, then um, we become PLPCs or PLMFWs or SWs. Right, because there's whatever. like social workers, family, there's family, marriage and family, marriage and family ther- yeah. therapists. <clears throat> and so the P in front of all those things just it's means you're, you're, means... you're provisionally licensed. Right. So, um, well, that's good. So what... I guess my next two questions, what drew you to couples, per se? Like, because, I mean, I don't think there are a lot of people out there that are like, yes, give me the Mm -hmm. fighting couple. Yeah, bring them on. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Somewhere in my later grad school work, 
I realized that I gravitated more to the fighting people. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and I had, um, I really had a sense of the work, not only the work that God can do in marriages, but the work that the enemy does. Yeah. And I wanted to be a part of exposing his lies. Yeah. Yeah. So that is such a great, um, you know, I, I, that is what all of, I, I feel like all of our counselors at No Heart share that same, um, just same belief and same mm-hmm. desire to be a part of that healing process. And so talk a little bit more about for you personally, how your faith, um, you know, comes into the the counseling session, because I think that's the thing that is very unique about Christian counseling is that, you know, uh, at least at no heart left behind. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I can't speak for other practices, but the, the Holy Spirit and the Lord is very much the counselor and invited into the session. So um, just talk a little bit about that and just what that's like for you and how your faith plays a role in that. So my faith really plays a role in the sense that um, I believe what God says you know, in, in his word. I believe that his word is good for teaching. I believe that um, it is life. And so when I'm sitting in a, in a therapeutic hour with a couple or an individual, then um, I really believe Christ is there with me. The power of the Holy Spirit is at work there with us, you know. So it's not just me in that room with my client or that couple. It's me and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like I said, today's episode is about debunking couples therapy. Like when I think about couples therapy, and I think I may have even mentioned this in another episode before, I think of couples retreat, right? You know, the movie um, (laughs) where like, you know, they're doing all this weird stuff on the couples retreat and the sessions, you know, are almost comical and they're kind of pitting each other against each other. And it's just, it does not give, it is not a good plug for (laughs) marriage counseling. I mean, after watching that, I'm like, who wants, who would want to go to marriage counseling? But I do feel like there is a lot of stigma, a lot of misconceptions about marriage counseling, what it is and what it isn't. And, you know, my heart and what I would hate for uh, couples that really could benefit from marriage counseling would be that those misconceptions and uh, confusion surrounding marriage counseling would keep them from getting, you know, the help that they might need. And so if you're okay with it, what I'd like to do is just kind of debunk some of those misconceptions that I feel like are commonly held out there. Is that good? That's perfect. Okay. Um, So before I get into some of these misconceptions, let's talk about you and maybe what couples could expect, you know, because different marriage counselors have different approaches and it's all about finding your person and, you know, what might be a fit for one couple might not be a fit for another. And so my encouragement would be don't give up if the first marriage counselor you go to isn't your person because they just might have a different method and an approach. But so in your office, like what could couples expect when, if they came to see you? So the first thing that I think they should expect, um, 
and I say this when they call me, I tell them this when they call me, is, um, is basically um, just a period of assessment. Because I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to be working at knowing who you are and knowing different attachment styles and things like that. And that takes time. So a lot of times couples want to come in, they come in and they'll sit down and they'll say, um, help us with all these things that we have. And it was well, going to take two, three sessions. And I'm like, uh, two or 300. Maybe. Right. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to work on here. Yeah. So when you say assessment, it's just essentially like just getting to know them and yeah. their heart and who they are as people. Yeah. And the process that I take is that I, that I do meet with them as a couple, the one session, I meet with them as an individual, the second session, and then the other partner as an individual, the third session. And then the fourth session, we come back together and I, and I let them know that this is what I see, this is what I recommend moving forward, you know, a time frame possibly, if that's possible. Yeah, that yeah. Kind of thing. So when, um, once you kind of feel like you have a, a, a sense of, you know, the issues and the dynamics, what is, what are your goals for your client or your, your process from, from there on? So the process itself is experiential, you know, and, the, and by that, it just means that once we identify where the struggles are, um, Sue Johnson, who is the developer of emotion focused therapy, she describes marriage as a dance oh you know a tango so she specifically says a tango <clears throat> and if you think of um how how well a couple can tango if they both know the steps right it's okay be it's beautiful yeah if you've ever seen it it's a beautiful dance um and marriage in tune is a beautiful dance yes um when the couple doesn't know the steps, they're uh, hurt, they're hurting each other, right? Yeah, they're yeah. stepping all over each other's toes, maybe knocking each other over, you know, yes. to some point. Um, so it's not it's not what it could be. Mm -hmm. So the the process is very experiential. I'm getting in the in the in that place of what the struggle was, you know, what the what the episode was that maybe brought them into counseling that last straw. You know, I'm getting into the middle of that with them and we're going to work through it together. Yeah, that's that's so good. And and that actually leads me right into one of the first misconceptions that I feel like people have about marriage counseling is that marriage counseling is all about finding fault and blame you know, and, and pitting the two that like the, the therapist will take sides, essentially. So could you talk a little bit about that and what that's like? Because, I mean, obviously when there's an issue, you know, both like both parties contribute to that issue. And so it's like, how do you how do you do that? Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the fun part of it, mm -hmm. really. It's um it's it's really letting the couple know that nobody's at fault. You know, the the process of of coming up with goals for the marriage, for for getting the marriage back on track, that whole process is about looking at different aspects of who each individual is. And so when we look at that, we're not I, I don't. I'm I mean I'm 
maybe some therapists do, but I don't. Um, we're not focusing on the problems. We're not focusing on the the weaknesses of the husband or the the inabilities of the wife. We're looking at the strengths that they have mm. because we all are created. You know, I believe that we're all created in the image of God and that we have, you know, he's endowed us with strengths to to be in that marriage. Yeah. And I think a lot of, yeah. And I think a lot of times too, it's like when you have a third party in the room, you have an ability and an anointing to point out dynamics and things that the couple, because they're so close to the problem and the issues, they can't even see it. Like they don't recognize it. And sometimes, you know, even just having, an understanding of the issues and the dynamics and the ways that, you know, um, the enemy works to right. kind of, you know, divide and destroy the marriage. It, 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 it helps because you're, you're just, just having the awareness of those things. And it's not about, well, he does this or she does that. It's all about, Hey, I understand where you're coming from. You understand where I'm coming from. And, you know, I understand my tendencies to act out of my flesh here, or my woundedness. And I understand your tendencies to act out of your woundedness here. And then it becomes dealing with the problem and not assigning blame to each other. Would you say that's pretty yeah, fair? Exactly that. We we are creatures that we're, we're made to crave relationship, right? I mean, God didn't put us in a world with us all by ourselves, <laughs> right? <laughs> which is a good thing and a bad thing sometimes. Uh -huh. But when we look at marriage, you know, what we're looking at is um, what are the ways that I'm doing the things that I'm doing? Also, key, I feel like, is just how, you know, what attachment figures were like in, you know, in your early childhood. And an indication of whether you had strong attachments would be, you know, that you problem solve well, that your resilience is, you know, in the, in the midst of struggle and strife, that the, that's high, you know, that you can, that you're a resilient person. <clears throat> um, there's a whole list scientifically and, you know, therapeutically that we look at in terms of what, what the benefits are um, when someone comes out of, secure attachments yeah. in early childhood. When we are looking at couples, oftentimes we're working with individuals who have who do not have secure attachments. They may have anxious attachments. They may have, um, you know, just no attachment at all. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Um, so the, the other thing I think about when I think about misconceptions with couples or with couples therapy, I should say, is this idea that therapy is for weak couples like that, you know, we need to be strong enough to deal with this ourselves um, or, you know, that if by going to therapy, that means that we're on the brink of divorce. And that's not no. that is not. Always, I mean, it can be the case, but it's definitely not always the case. No. And I always say to really any client that comes in for therapy um, that they're brave. That's that's a sign of courage, you know, to 
to be able to fight past the shame, to be able to fight past the feelings of inadequacy, because that's all carried on their shoulders when they come in. It's in their hearts. So to really, to, to like shut that voice out or shut those voices out enough so that you can walk in the door or make the phone call to set up the appointment and then not cancel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Right. And, um, <laughs> you know, that takes extreme courage and I honor that in every client that comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's also important to talk about this idea that, you know, I, I think couples that are really in that dark place, sometimes they feel hopeless, like that their marriage is too far gone or that um, that therapy won't work. Do you get a lot of that in your office? Like when couples walk in, they're just very, I guess, cynical or pessimistic about this process. Um, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> really? You hope so? I hope so. Why? Well, because if they don't, if they don't come in for therapy, then they're going to quit. Mm. Right. That mm-hmm. just stands to reason. My favorite clients are the ones who come in and she's yelling at him. He's yelling at her or they're not talking at all. And they sit on a sofa that's the size of a love seat, and you could drive an 18-wheeler between the two of them. <laughs> and I'm like, yay, I get them. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, so the, the thing that I love about that is that I've seen so many couples on that couch move closer together. Uh. And I've seen them be able to talk about things, you know, I've helped them to be able to talk about things that they've never been able to talk about, maybe even because they didn't even know what they needed to talk about. Yeah. So by some point in the process, I'm looking for light bulb moments Mm. from one or both of them. Like, oh, so it's that or, oh, I, so the way that I'm talking to him is demeaning or, and it's not just that it's a heart it's a heart posture that we have toward our sibling i mean not our siblings but our yeah don't marry your sibling our, <laughs> that would be weird <laughs> our spouses uh-huh. you know it's a heart posture that we have um and so learning through attachment bonds you know creating different attachment bonds um we can learn to have a different you know, our heart, our heart posture changes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that goes back to everything we were saying about awareness. You know, my mom always says, um, cause you two are like two peas in a pod in terms <laughs> of just your heart for marriage counseling, um, is that she always says, you know, your spouse is not the enemy. Exactly. And so when you create that awareness of what the actual problem is that your spouse is not the problem. It's the whatever issue is going on between right. the couple is the problem. It's just, um, I don't know. It's like this weird disarming kind of thing exactly. where it becomes like, okay, here's the problem. We've identified it and named it. Now we can put language to it. We can work on it. We can set goals to do something different um, and and start attacking the problem and not each other other. and that's when they're lost that kind of seems to be you know what couples do is they attack each other um yeah i often i often say to couples as i watch them fight because that's usually what i do i let them fight with each other in session so i because that tells me things and then i say to them he's not your enemy or mm. she's not your enemy the enemy 
is the enemy. Yeah. The cycle is the enemy. Yeah. So, and that's usually where the first light bulb moment happens. <laughs> yeah. So you talk about these light bulb moments, and I think I know the answer to this, but like, what is the most rewarding part of marriage counseling for you? Like, what do you love the most about being a counselor? I just, I really sincerely just love getting into the um, muck of it all with my, my Do you know how clients? weird that is? I know, I know. <laughs> but how it's awesome a, that is? It, um, it's a place where I feel like God has given me a voice, um, you know, and has uh, given me a gift, a gifting for this kind of therapy. And I can remember when I was in grad school or even undergrad school, and I knew I was studying to be a therapist. All my friends around me were CBTing it everywhere, or they were DBT, yeah. you know, all the, like um, Abby says, alphabet souping it all over the place. <laughs> what What is CBTing it even mean? I don't even Co know. Cognitive behavior therapy is oh, okay. a modality of therapy. So um, I was not connecting with any of those mm. at all. When um, emotion-focused therapy, when internal family systems, um, when discussion of that, and they are merely just discussions in school. They're, we don't get trained to do those therapies in school. Okay. We get trained outside of school. Yeah. Like once we, uh, once I graduated, I took it upon myself to be trained in emotion-focused therapy, and that's a process. It's a, a long expensive yeah right <laughs> process. so could you for you know us you know i don't know i don't you wouldn't call us lay people but just briefly like what um, when you say emotion focused therapy like what does that entail so it really goes back to to those connections that we those bonds that we form early on in our in our well really in utero oh so when we know that we when there's something wrong, if we have, if we're hungry and we cry and a mom comes to us and picks us up and holds us and soothes us, then that creates a secure attachment. Mm. So emotion focused therapy looks at the emotions that come out of that secure attachment. Okay. Right. So if there's a secure attachment, your emotions are going to be a certain kind of emotions. If they're insecure attachments, those will show up as well. Okay. And so oftentimes those are going to show up as with secure attachments. They'll show up in marriage. Yeah. <laughs> and I like those. Right? I mean, you, I just love you even more having this conversation. So before we address the last uh, kind of misconception about couples therapy, um, couples therapy isn't all you do. So what... Do you have like a second favorite or another area that you just really love working with that you feel like God has, you know, given you special gifting for? Um, yeah, there's oh so many. I mean, when you're 62, that's that's a longer list <laughs> right. than when you're um. <laughs> so you're 22. like the life experience. The doc was my mom say the doctorate in life experience, life experience kind yeah. of thing. Exactly. I mean, I do work I, at No Heart Left Behind, and I've been trained to work with with individuals and um, families. I'm not. Um, I, I don't really work with children. Mm -hmm. I just feel like that's an energy that's better left for younger therapists. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also, within the, the organization of No Heart Left Behind, 
I have found a place to do podcasts or mm-hmm. I write some things for you on occasion yes. and we use those for the ministry. I love um, teaching Bible study for the ladies that we reach out to in the community. So again, all these places where God has, you know, he has, poor, I, as I was a younger mom, I was basically raising four boys. That mm-hmm. was my job. Okay. And all those years, he poured into me what I use today. Mm. And if I'm using it in the therapy session, if I'm leading a Bible study at Lunch Bunch yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's, and it's I, there. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think in today's culture, today's society, we do... We don't place a lot of value on the wisdom that comes from just life experiences. Like, I mean, you have your your training and your education, but it really puts story to it when, to your training, when you have those life experiences that make you relatable to yeah. the people sitting across from you. So, um, so I guess what I would like to end with is, you know, I imagine there are probably couples listening to this podcast that I guess one are wondering if, you know, couples therapy is for them. So how, I guess, is there a way to like know, Hey, we should probably go get some help. And, you know, I think there's times where it's like kind of obvious, like, hey, we are falling apart at the seams, but maybe getting to it before the relationship is so far gone. Like, how do you know or is there a way to know that, hey, therapy would be a good idea for us? Yeah. So if you're wondering, you can actually just call me (laughs) (laughs) and I would be glad to talk to you about it. But I think if you're wondering at home or in the quietness of your car or your shower or whatever, you know, some good places that often require therapy in a marriage are when um, difficult things happen. For example, the death of a child which I experienced, my husband and I both experienced the death of his son. Mm. Um, He was 19 and died of leukemia. So that would have been a pivotal place in time to really seek out therapy. It may be that you had all the tools to deal with that and to move on in that um, or to help your children in that process, the the ones who survived. Um, But if not... It's good to know then rather than 20 years down the road. Yeah. You know, another place I think of really most often, which is the least likely place, I think, is before you even get married. Oh, yes. (laughs) We haven't even talked about premarital counseling. What a novel idea. Maybe that's another podcast. Right. That's another podcast. (laughs) But, um, yeah, just to, to really tag some areas where you need work not that you're not made for each other for the marriage and that kind of thing but that um you can be aware of what you're going into you're not walking into that marriage blind yeah um and then also perhaps just another place is any um season of life change retirement Mm. for you or your husband or your, your spouse um the the time when if you've had children when those children leave the home when the first one leaves the home especially um the dynamics in the family change when that first child goes to college usually 
And it can be difficult in families who are not interacting in a healthy way. Yeah. Well, and I think even too, like I, you know, so often Carrie and I, we're in this life stage of just, you know, the kids consume a good bit of our time and there is so much intentionality uh, that has to go into connecting with each other, you know, as spouses and not just as teammates. And so it's, you know, I know for even right now in that season, it's like, oh, you know, I don't, we haven't gone to couples therapy or anything, but just like looking to other couples, you know, that we look up to and respect just for wisdom of how to remain connected to each other in such a, a busy season. And, you know, coming out of, you know, to oftentimes like when kids are going off to college, that's kind of the end of that busy season where you're being teammates and now you're looking at each other like, oh, yes, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> who are you? And we're supposed to have a relationship. And so, you know, that could definitely be that resonates with me, you know, as a time that just trying to help you know, come back together and figure out the new dynamics of the relationship when so much of it has been, you know, involved with kids for so long. So yeah. I think about that a lot. Let me reframe it for you because, um, you know, I've heard your mom talk so many times about raising teenagers, right? And how you begin at a certain age to raise your teenager to to make adult decisions, you know, that they can handle along the way. And that's, um, you know, healthy parenting is, is just years of that, mm. you know, from really birth, but yeah. <laughs> really from 12 up to the time that they leave the home. So at the same time that you're helping your teenager learn to make wise decisions and adult well, like we said yeah. in our home, uh -huh. you know, right. my sons would call me and say, I'm adulting well, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I did this today. Um, you know, we transition as couples mm. also mm -hmm. simultaneously at that time yeah so we're transitioning into how do we interact in problem solving mm. um, between each other as a couple yeah because the truth is on the end of that spectrum it's going to be you and him yeah yes <laughs> right that, that you is know, true it's you mm -hmm. and carrie it's doug and i it's um you know every couple faces the years that they're going to be um just a couple again. Yeah. And so what do we want that to look like? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and I think to be intentional about it. And if you're not intentional and you don't know how to do that, get help doing it. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid. Like, take courage. Yeah. Yes. And that goes back to what we were saying just about, you know, couples being, you know, couples therapy being for weak marriages or it's just an added layer of support of protection right. and really that's what no heart left behind is about is and what this podcast about is really is we want to equip families before they get in the counseling office you know um and and so sometimes we just don't have the tools to navigate seasons well and that is where couples therapy can be so beneficial um and, and just give you tools for seasons of life that you don't currently have. So um, listen with this. I, I do, again, my heart thinks about the couple that just feels like, well, my marriage is hopeless and 
we're too far gone and there's been too much water under the bridge and and maybe they've even tried like a round of counseling and it didn't work because it wasn't the right person. What would your encouragement to that couple listening be? So if you believe the word of God and you know the character of God, then you know that nothing is impossible. Mm. So I would just say, um, you know, be, be of courage that, you know, do the things that you can do to, to really feed your marriage, to bring it, to bring it to someone for care. Um, you know, just like you would bring your dog to the vet if they were sick or your child to the pediatrician, bring your marriage to care, Mm. you know, and get the help for it that you need. Um, I, you know, I know that, um, oftentimes people worry about divorce. I always tell my clients, I don't worry about divorce. I worry about all the steps that are leading to that. Mm. And, um, that's for a whole nother podcast, but, um, you know, we, what we want to do is, is look at the ways that our marriage has the potential for thriving Yeah, and really focus in on that and, and bring that to life in the marriage. Yeah. And I think, I think you touch on something really good there just about the, the motive and the heart behind and what you're focusing on, you know, shame and fear is never a good motivator. Like if I'm here because I don't want to get divorced or whatever, that's, you know, that's just, I don't feel like that's God's best. You know, God always invites us to, to joy, to peace, to freedom. And so instead of looking at couples therapy as like, I'm doing this so that, you know, I don't blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's, you know what, I want to thrive and experience more joy in my marriage. And just having that perspective change, I think is just so huge for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and oftentimes it takes really kind of looking at it from a a therapeutic perspective to to help you get back back, or even maybe for the first time, you know, to that shift that needs to occur. Yeah. Well, that is Awesome. Just, I am so, I am just so glad that you um, have joined our team and are with us and just so appreciative of you being here today. And we just pray that, you know, if there are couples out there that um, maybe feel like a little nudging from the Holy Spirit, that they would take that step of faith and that step of courage to, um, to, to get some help. Um, and we have a team of counselors that are just that love the Lord and um, have a calling on their life to help um, people experience healing and freedom. And so if you want to get in touch with Whitney or, or any of our counselors, I mean, you can that we're always here for you and you can just go on our counseling page on our website, noheartleftbehind.com. And we'll leave all of that in the show notes. But Whitney, thank you so much for being here today. This was uh, just a lot of fun. Thanks for inviting me into this holy space. That's right. My (laughs) closet. We said my closet is the holiest closet uh, in St. Tammany. (laughs) Thank you for listening in on today's episode. It's probably true that most of us want to navigate hard seasons of family life well. And it's also probably true that when it comes to really tough things like the topic discussed today, we simply don't know how. 
That's why I want to make sure you know that No Heart Left Behind offers biblically-based counseling, both virtually and in person, for anyone in need of professional support through tough seasons and issues. No Heart Left Behind's counseling looks to bring faith and counseling together. While our counselors have different certifications and utilize various methods for counseling, our team of counselors believe in the Holy Spirit's power to break the bondage of sin, heal the wounds of the heart, and provide the guidance needed in resolving personal issues. Even better, NHLB believes that healing shouldn't be hindered by finances, so we simply require a love offering or donation for our counseling services determined by each client. Counseling can be such a life-giving experience, and personally, it is one of the best decisions I have ever made for myself and my family. If you want to know more about NHLB Counseling, please check out the link in our show notes or visit our website at noheartleftbehind.com.